0: This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at SouthridgeNow and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. This place. Thank you so much, worship team. We just got to give God some glory this morning. Amen. Amen. I don't know if it's just this room. Every time we meet here, the Spirit just meets with us because the last time, a few years ago, I just felt this presence, this energy that God was here. His presence was felt. And once again, worship team, you've led us to another place where we can experience and encounter God. Thank you so much. I'm going to thank you for standing. You may be seated this time. Worship team, tremendous job. Today is a special day. It is time change Sunday and thank you so much for being flexible to move locations suddenly on us that I, I know that was a little bit of an inconvenience, but thank you setup team, thank you volunteers thank you for those who have worked so hard to get everything prepped and ready. Uh, just from the bottom of my heart i can 't thank you enough and just the opportunity to be here uh, the hotel staff and everybody that made this possible it 's just a, a great joy to be here so if you are a first time guest, we want to welcome you and uh, We are church in a box, which is good and bad. It means that we can set up and tear down just about anywhere, and so we're going to have a great day. I believe nothing's going to stop the mission and vision that God has called the church to, more specifically Southridge Church to, and so we're going to have a great sermon together, but if you are a first-time guest, near or on your seat is a card. It's called a connection card. If any point in this service you would uh, like to fill that card out, maybe you've got a prayer request, something you want the staff and faculty to pray over, we would love to pray for that on Tuesday. Or if you say, hey, I want to get involved in growth tracks. Today was week number two. You can sign up, be a part of that, and continue your spiritual growth and development. Or you want to be a part of a life group. We're halfway through the semester, but you can still jump in. Or maybe it's something where you say, I am a first-time guest, and I'm looking for a new home church to plug into. I'd love for you to fill out that card and let us know. And then there was a yellow table as you came in, or orange table. You could just stop by there. We have a special gift bag that we want to give for you, and you could just drop that in. But Since it is time change Sunday and you gave up, uh, you lost an hour of sleep, I've asked the ushers to prep something for you. So ushers, would you come down the aisles? And we have Starbucks, Red Bull, and because Cox goes out of water, we snagged some water bottles. So if you want a Red Bull or you want a Starbucks or you want a water bottle, lift up your hand and those ushers will get you set up because I can't have anybody falling asleep today. Uh, It's not the day to be sleepy. Today is a day where we need to be awake alert for the message if you just need a water bottle to take with you uh, just grab one we want you to get comfortable we're just glad that you are here and here's what's great about this location oh I already heard it you can open those things up there's that nobody's getting upset you can pop those babies open it's all good it's going to be a great Sunday. Only problem is don't expect popcorn and donuts to be coming down the aisles or anything like that. We ain't doing none of that, all right? So this is just a, a welcome and a greeting and get you ready for the message. Now, today you have to take extra good notes, all right? You are caffeinated. You're ready. So if you don't take good notes today, then we in trouble, okay? Because we're, di- we're doing everything we can to keep you awake and alert this morning. Now, if you're ready for the word, let me hear you say, I'm ready for the word. Amen. 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 Well, today it is my treat to introduce Pastor Pete Ramirez and his lovely wife are here. And uh, Pastor Pete has gotten to be just a good friend of mine over the last year gotten to know he and his wife, he pastored in the Bay Area for almost nine years at a church on the east side, and so he was there for a long time, so he knows this area, he knows the Bay Area, he knows what we go through, but then here's what's great, he's been a huge supporter of our ministry uh, in so many ways, and I'll let him share how many ways, but they've been a financial support, they've been emotional support, physical support, we could use uh, just uh, that, that prayer support whenever we needed it. He was just there. And so we're just extremely grateful for those people that God puts in the ministry. Uh, You can look at the book of Acts, and you can chart a man by the name of Paul, his ministry, and I, never, I believe that Paul would never have become what he did without a man by the name of Barnabas, who kind of came alongside, helped shoulder that burden. And so uh, Pastor Pete, what he does for me, he does for pastors all over across the state of California. So it's not just our church. He does it for hundreds, if not thousands of churches across our state. So he and his wife have a great ministry, and I want you to get to know them. So Pastor Pete, without any further delay, the platform is yours Take all the time you want. God bless you. Elbows, there we go. Amen. I'm going to steal the stand right here because I don't want to be holding all my stuff. But i might have you
1: come back right now. I don't want to wait till the end to do this. Um, dropping all my notes. So I work um, with over 2,400 churches in California. And, and I used to pastor, and I'm still a pastor. I get to do chaplaincy with, uh, with uh, the Nationals, the Grizzlies, AAA team. I used to serve with the San Francisco Giant organization, and um, I, I'm a Dodger fan, so go figure. Oh. Go <laughs> preach. Go preach to the lost, right? But uh, hey, man, they're going to let me preach still? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but one of the things that, that we get to do is, is come alongside churches. And so um, what I have today is I have a certificate of appreciation to your church for uh, being a partner in giving to what we call the cooperative program. And, and that's how we give to missions around the world, and your church is a part of that. And so we want to say thank you. So this is a certificate of appreciation. And... I promise you that I'd give you a check. Um, you you guys don't know how much it's for. It's a big check, though. We believe we believe in what Southridge does. Um, we believe that God is going to continue to use Southridge in great ways in the Bay Area, and so this is to help you guys with your Easter event. So it's 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 a, it's a check. So so that check is not for me. Okay, I, I I didn't make this check. I don't. I didn't sign the check. Um, this is from all these churches around our state that give, and when there's stuff going on, we come back and give it back to the churches so that they can use it. So that's where this money comes from. You're, it's, it's kind of your money coming back, wherever the Lord needs it. We, we send it that way. I, I get to distribute it, but we believe. We believe in what God is doing through you guys. And, and so guys, you guys have a great task before you. May the Lord just empower and bless you guys, okay? So thank you. Thank you for what you guys do. Love you guys. Yeah, that, man. Elbows. So I saw, I saw Pastor Micaiah's uh, video that he did last night on Facebook, and he was talking about, you know, if, if you're sick, stay home. I was in bed for three days this week with fevers. Okay, three days with fevers in bed, my back has been sore and hurting from the fevers that I've had. My wife had it the week before that, so I tried not to kiss her for a week, but she's so beautiful that I just couldn't. And so, you know, I want to let her know that I love her and I appreciate her, so whatever she got, I got and uh, as long as I don't kiss you, I think we'll be fine. I won't shake your hand, you know, we'll do elbows and even feet and all that stuff because um, I don't want to get you sick, okay? So if my voice all of a sudden breaks out just a little bit, that's what it is. And, and so uh, I, just, I just pray that, that today um, that's not a, a, something that gets in the way of you hearing God's Word. But I pray that today the Word of God would would minister to your heart, to your mind, and would challenge you to, to be the church as you go out of these doors today. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God today would just, would just stir in you a passion and a hunger to be able to be a hero for Christ. Because let me tell you, for, in Christ there's no zeroes. And so today, my, the sermon of my title is Zero to Hero. There are no zeros in, in Christ, amen? And you guys know where I got this from, right? Zero to Hero. I, I, I got it from that movie, Hercules. Remember Hercules? Yeah, some of you are old enough to remember Hercules, right? Uh, you weren't born when Hercules was around, but you know the, the, the Disney movie, right? Hercules, Zero to Hero in no time. Come on. Zero to Hero in no time. Flat, right? So in, in no time flat, he wanted to become a zero and become a hero. And, and and what did he have to do to become a hero? He had to go and fight the enemy. He had to go and demonstrate to people that he really was a God and that and that he can do these great things, right? Well the reality is that none of us are gods. You know, we we're we're, we're children of the of the holy God and we've given our lives to him. But we can become heroes to others if we do what God has called us to do. And that's what you'll see today in the passage as we look at a very familiar story that we find in Mark chapter 5. So, as you're opening your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, I already have mine preset. As you're opening your Bibles there, let me tell you a little bit of what happens in Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, we have a, 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 a man who, who is demon possessed, and perhaps you know the story. But this man who is demon possessed uh, uh, is, is, is going to be, uh, Christ is going to come into his life and just change his life, change his situation, bring a hope where there was no hope. And the reality is that in the Bay Area where you live today, we have a lot of people like this man people that are without hope living around us. When we used to live here, we used to go to St. James Park every once in a while and we would go down to to where the freeways are at and the overpasses and we would take food and we would take clothes and we would find people all the time in the church, the building where we were at. They would come in the middle of the night and they were looking for shelters and places to connect their their phones to and and just uh, all kinds of people just struggling and hurting, desperate whether they were possessed, demon possessed, or spiritually blind, or had some kind of mental illness, or whether they were people that had just been rejected by their family, or they themselves had rejected their family, we found people struggling all the time around us. We called them homeless. You know, the kind of people that when you see them on the corner of the light of a street, you know, what do you, what do, you do when you see somebody out there with a, with a little cup and their fingernails are, are, are black from the dirt and, and their clothes just demonstrates that they've been sleeping on the floor and perhaps that they've even like urinated on themselves. What, what do you do when that happens? You, you quickly try to push a little button so that the window goes up. Or maybe that's just what I've done in the past. These people that are, that are without hope, these people that are desperate, these people, some of them that by choice have chosen to live out there, but there's a lot that have not chosen to be out there, but their circumstances have brought them to horrible places, places where they find themselves desperate, where they don't see a way out. Sometimes it's not just an individual, but it's a couple. Sometimes it's not a couple, but it's a family. They're out there because of drugs. They're out there because of mental illness. They're out there because of spiritual battles that have been lost. And they're struggling and they're hurting. But just like there's people out there in the streets and people that are hurting out there all the time, there are people even within our churches that are struggling and hurting. And just as lonely as those that are in the streets. See, we might come in dressed up and, and looking and looking good, like your pastor when he comes up here, he looks real good, but nobody knows what's going on inside the heart. Nobody knows the pain that's going on. Nobody knows the loneliness that people are feeling. No one knows the, the circumstances at home between the couple. No one knows the circumstances at work if, if someone's about ready to lose their job and they don't know how they're going to make it and how they're going how, how to take care of that next payment that they have to make. There are people all around us that are hurting and that are without hope. And though they may be surrounded by a lot of people, they are lonely, they are by themselves. And they're in, in a need to to feel like they are significant, to understand that there's a value to them. Again, as we look at this, this story that we will look at today in Mark chapter 5, we find a man that feels like he's a nobody, a zero. Society has cast him out. And so I want you guys to, to in, 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 this, in, in this passage, in this first part of it, I want you to see this man's desperation. Verse Verse 1 of, of Mark says, says, Then they came into... I'm going to read it here because I, I can't read it on there. Then they came to the other side of the sea to the region of the Gerasenes. I'm sorry, I messed up on that one. As soon as, I, as he got out of the boat, a man with unclean spirit came out of the tomb and, and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him anymore, even with chains because he often had been bound with shackles and chains. But he snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And listen to this. And always, night and day, he was crying among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. You see, man's desperation in in a very real way and we know because of, of the title that's right there in your Bible, this is the, the, the demon-possessed man, right? This is a man who, who, is, just, who, who is just in a bad place. He, he doesn't have the hope. He doesn't have the freedom. He doesn't have the joy of the Lord in him. This is a man who is crying, who is hurting. There's different ways to cry. Sometimes we can cry in, in silence. Nobody knows. And sometimes we can cry with mourning where everybody can hear us and, and, and we, we, we just, this, this man was, was hurting, he was cutting himself, he was destroying his physical body. There was no hope for this man. He had been cast out by the people, not so much, not only had he been cast out, but he had been... They, they tried to, 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 to tie him up, to put chains around him so he would stay away from everybody. He was kind of like those people on the princess cruise ship, you know? Stay up there. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Pastor was on that, on that, on that video. If you're sick, stay home. We don't want you around. And here I come with my cooties, right? Doing elbows with everybody. Stay away. You, you, you smell. Stay away. You, you're sick. St- Stay away. We don't want what you have. You might be contagious. And he's lonely and he's desperate and he's hurting. There are a lot of professionals. There are a lot of people in the churches today. There are people in this hotel room that are desperate. when we look at this passage, we see people that are desperate. They're in need. They're in need of, of Christ coming into their lives. I, I love that one song that we just finished singing. I had never heard it before, but man, it goes right on with what we're, what we're talking about today. Hope that the Lord brings in Christ. I mean, it's, it's, that's what we see here. And we see it because, because we, we see the second, the second movement here in this passage. We, we see first man's desperation, but then we see the compassion that Jesus has. Look at, it, look at it in verse 6. He says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he knelt down before him. And he cried out with a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told them, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? He asked him. My name is Legion, he answered him. Because we are many. And he kept begging them not to send them out of the region. Now a large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demon begged them, Send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. And he gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit, out and entered the pigs and the, the herd of about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned. See, the man came out to Jesus and it says, Jesus, what, would you, what, do you, what do you want with me? What are you trying to do with me? The man came out because he realized that Jesus had, was headed towards his direction and Jesus was actually dealing with that man. See, a lot of times, Jesus was walking around from place to place, and there were people sick around him. There were people with needs around him, and he didn't heal everybody. He healed a lot of people. But this man who had been in this, up in these hills, up in this, in this tomb that was desperate, Jesus was already dealing with him before they saw each other face to face. From a distance, he had seen that Jesus was already calling him out, and that's why he came out. What would you have to do with me? And isn't it wonderful that that's the way that the Lord works? Scripture says that there's no one that's good, there's no one that seeks, but you know what? The Holy Spirit of the living God comes and he speaks to our minds and to our hearts and he begins to turn our our curiosity he re- begins to to turn our minds to the things that are from above to to be able to understand that there's a living god that wants to save you and bring you hope and heal you and break the chains of addiction and bring you and bring you the joy that that only comes through Jesus Christ that's what the lord does Jesus comes with his compassion to those that are need to bless them. This man was desperate. This man was in need. He had not just one demon in, the, in him, but he had a legion of them. That's like a thousand demons inside of him. This man was in a horrible place, but Christ in his compassion stepped into this man's life, started dealing with him and then the demons knew that they were doomed. <laughs> They're like, don't cast us into the abyss. Don't cast us into nowhere. Don't just leave us out there on our own. They, they, they didn't even like each other. Send us into the pigs. And so he cast them into the pigs. And what do the pigs do? They, just, they run and they kill themselves. See, because even those, those animals were desperate at that point. What this man was, you know, with all the cutting and all that he was trying to do, I mean, that's what Satan wants to do. He just wants to kill and to destroy. But when Christ comes into someone's life, he, he brings hope and he brings joy and he brings peace. Amen? That's what people need around us. They need that, that hope. They need that peace. They need that joy. I think they're sleeping this morning. <laughs> I think they need more Red Bull. Let me, let me, let me just, let, it's just, it's wonderful to see how the Lord deals with this one man. Yes. See, because that's what Jesus is all about, is dealing with every man, every woman, every boy and girl individually. And he can take out anything, break away anything that needs to be broken, and he can give somebody Freedom. His compassion. In His compassion, God has sent His Son Jesus Christ to this world to die on the cross of Calvary to pay for our sins that all who believe in Him shall be saved. Amen? That's His compassion. His compassion is so great that He he has now left For us the Holy Spirit of the living God and His Word that every day when we're hurting and we're struggling with the things of life we are reminded by His Word and by His Holy Spirit working in us of how good He is, of how truthful He is, about how His mercies are new every day. He's a God of great compassion. He's a God that comes into our lives and He makes an impact in our lives. All we have to do is believe Him trust Him, put our hope in Him, and just say, Lord, here I am. Do with me whatever you want. And then He takes care of whatever's in our lives, and He took care of the demons that were in this guy's life. We see man's desperation, but then we see God's great compassion that is powerful. Powerful, folks. Things that He could not do. He cannot reject those demons out of his life, but Jesus Christ was able to deal with those demons. No matter what demons are in your life, no matter what struggles are in your life, no matter what pain is in your life, no matter how bad it can be, or it can seem to be, or it is, he can do it. He can change that sorrow That pain, that hurt, into dancing, into joy, into perfect peace. That's what God does. I'll tell you something about me and my wife that we've been going through. This is the first time I'm sharing it. I think in public. But our daughter, our youngest daughter, who was born and raised in church and graduated from a Christian university, has recently just not been living the way that she's supposed to be living. And it has crushed us. It has broken us. I mean, it has taken us to just mourning before the Lord and crying, crying for her soul. but we've left it in God's hands. And we cried, and then we worship our Lord. We prayed, and we cried, and we just said, Lord, okay, now we're going to praise you. Because that's what God does. And in His compassion, He, He gives you that peace. It's not an ignorant faith. It's a faith in a God that has promised that He will make all things work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And I declare that His Word is true for my life. I declare that His Word is true for what He's going to do in my daughter's life see, folks, this is what God does. He, he changes and he, he transforms. And with His compassion, He comes and He impacts the life of those that need Him. The, the, the problem is that sometimes, sometimes Christians are like the Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles are, right? The Gentiles were those that did not... Didn't, we're not expecting Jesus to come back. The Gentiles were those that, that were not Jews. The Gentiles were those that were living in their own way, just kind of doing their thing. They were ignorant. The Gentiles were the owners of the pigs. The Jews wouldn't have had pigs. It, it would, it would, the pigs were uncleaned. I don't know why. I mean, I like carnitas. You know, without carnitas, we, we have an issue, Right? Carnitas are keto friendly, and I'm all about keto, right? Uh, so, uh, chicharrones are good, right? But, but, uh, but the you know they, these Gentiles that owned these pigs, um, they were spiritually blind. They were deaf to the Spirit of God. They didn't understand what was happening in this passage. In, the, in this third transition that we see here in this passage, we see the, the blindness of man. And again, I, the issue is that sometimes we as Christians find ourselves being like them. Look what it says here in, in verses 15 through 17. It says, they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed by, by legion sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You think they should have been afraid before, right? Now he's like, dude, like you even grew a goatee and have a man bun going no, just, not, Not quite, right? <laughs> this guy was dre- dressed now. I mean, like you got clothes on, you know? Wow, you know, you changed, and they were scared. The eyewitnesses described to them what had happened to the demon possessed man and told about the pigs. Then they begged, then they began to beg him to leave their region. These were the pig owners. They were not happy that these pigs, which were their their way of making money, their livelihood, the way that they were going to pay for their vacation to Greece, you know, to go stay on the beach somewhere, (laughs) that their income their comfort their security was gone that they were not going to be able to have carnitas tacos anymore they were they were not happy about this they could care less about this guy still yeah he's fine yeah we're scared of him he's kind of weird he used to be a drug addict don't let him preach that's not me okay <laughs> To say <laughs> he used to do this don't let him serve this way in the church you see we're, we're more concerned about our pigs a lot of times could I say that Ooh. we're more concerned about our pigs many times that we're blind to what God is doing You know, can you identify some of those pigs in your life? When, when we talk about, hey, people need the Lord. People are desperate. They need to hear about Christ's compassion. And you're like, yeah, let pastor do that. His wife is really good at doing that. Let her do that. Let them, that's, what, that's what we pay them for, right? You do pay them, right? I hope you do. Know. <laughs> they need to eat. Um, I don't have time. Let's talk about some of those pigs in our lives that, you know, are, are time. It's precious to me. You know, I, you work 50 hours a week, and, and with the few hours you have, all you want to do is go home and rest. Maybe that's your pig. What's the pig that, that just just keeps you unaligned from what God is doing, and and God is telling you, look at what I'm doing. I'm changing lives. Look at what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm healing the sick. Look at what I'm doing. I'm taking out demons. Look at what I'm doing. And you're like, I want to take care of my pig. I want to have a bigger home. I want my kids to be educated. There's nothing wrong with that. And we spend so much time concerned about the pigs in our lives, and we forget about what God says is important. See, people are desperate. People are hurting. They are without hope. And He's brought His compassion and His love and the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're over here worried about pigs. What are the pigs in your life? Perhaps they need to be torn down and and, and thrown over a hill. Excuse me. See, every time I, 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 I... I I look at this passage, every time I remember this, it it makes me feel uncomfortable. Because those pigs have a way of creeping into my life. It's my time, it's my money, it's my family. No, Lord, it's all yours. So Lord, whatever you want, here I am. But it's hard to say that every day. Scripture tells us we're a, we're a living sacrifice. That means we crawl away from the altar of God and we, we, we kind of start doing our own thing. Where are you in your life? Are, have, you, have you sacrificed your life before the Lord because of what He's done for you and just said, Lord, here I am, I surrender to you, I'm yours, do whatever you want with me? Or, or are you just kind of doing your own thing? You know, God has placed us in this, in this world that we may bring Him glory. He is the, the, he is the radiance of, of the sun and His glory shines and all we are is mirrors that are supposed to reflect Him. And sometimes all we want to do is look at ourselves. Mirror, mirror in the wall, you know. We're supposed to reflect His glory to others. Don't get distracted by what you see on the mirror and sometimes it's just you. Don't be blind like these, like these Gentiles that all they cared about was their lives, their pigs, their income, their comfort. God has saved you for a greater purpose. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the last part of this. Last transition, we see, we see Christ's call. Look at what it says in, in verse 19. But he would not uh, go back to 18. Are you 18's not on there, is it? It says as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed kept begging him, kept, kept begging him to be with him he wanted to be with him isn't it like that the way it is when we come into christ when we come into relationship with christ all we want to do is like come to church right even if they move the place you know all we want to do is come to church we want to be with other christians because they're nice to us right we're in that first love right we just want jesus we want more of jesus We want to wake up with Jesus, walk with Jesus, sleep with Jesus. We all want is, all we want is Jesus, right? And it's good. And that's what this guy, I mean, this guy had been desperate. And Christ came and just loved on him and healed him, restored him. And these people didn't want him. And all he wanted now is like, Jesus, I want to go with you back on that boat. Wherever you go, Jesus, I'm with you. Right? It's good. But Jesus is like, nah, not yet. I got more for you. Look at what he says in verse 19. But he would not let him. Instead, he told him, go back home. Go back home to your own people and report to them. Folks, let me tell you, this report is tell them, is share, testify, This will be the first time you find it in the gospel where Jesus tells somebody to go tell them what he has done. This is the first first time anybody gets commissioned out to go share. The first time. And he's not even a Jew. He says, go back home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This is His call for Him and for each one of us. If you were lost, desperate, without hope, which we all were without Christ, we were on our way to hell, condemned, to to be in hell for an eternity, whether you were saved at 5, whether you were saved at 7 or 30 or just last week, Folks, every one of us was in a desperate situation where we needed the forgiveness of Christ, where we needed the Holy Spirit of God to come in, in us so that we, we may be, be made new, a new creation in Christ Jesus, that we may understand the spiritual things. Folks, we were all in that place at one time without Jesus Christ, but now that we have Jesus and the Spirit of God in us, we have this responsibility. We have the responsibility to kill our pigs, to take down every, every altar of, the, of our life that takes our attention, and to go and tell those in our home first. Our children, our parents, our nephews, nieces, and cousins, and our neighbors, and those that work with us, we need to tell them about the love of Jesus. We need to let them know that there is hope, that there is one that can heal, that, that, that there is one that is mighty enough and powerful enough to break every chain and to bring hope to the hopeless. We need to be able to declare the goodness of the Lord and His might and His power. We need to go and tell of the mercy He has had in our lives and how mighty and powerful He is. That's what this man did. Look at the last verse in this passage. Verse 20. So he went out and began to proclaim in secret in his house. Is that right? Is that what he did? No. He went out. Look, this guy's a hero. Not, not a zero. He's a hero. Look at what he's doing. He went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis. You know that Decapolis was, was the public area where things were discussed, where the important people were at, where the men were at to discuss what was, what was real, what was important, what, what everybody needed to know. That's where he goes, to the most open public place that he can go and declare what Jesus has done. And he told them how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. Yeah. I'm so fed up with people saying faith is about a personal thing and and it's just you and God thing. No, folks. Faith is about what God has done in our lives individually, but we are to declare it to the whole world. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. We are to let others know how good and how wonderful our God is. We are to let them know that He is a mighty God and that He is to be worshipped and that He is to be adored and that He is the one that we are to follow and that there's no other way to God the Father if it is not through Jesus Christ. I remember this, this young man when I was working in, in labs many years ago. This student, he was from uh, Loyola Marymount University down in Southern California. And, and this young man, he, I was sharing with him the gospel, telling him, look, you need to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. You need to understand that he died on the cross for you. You, you, need, to, you need to surrender your life to him. You need to ask him forgiveness for your sins because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. The consequence of your sin is hell. You need to ask Him to forgive you. And you know what He told me? Obviously, the God you believe in is different than the God I believe in. So he says, Because my God would never send anybody to hell. And He said, Obviously, your God is not the God of the Bible. And you need to understand that he's made a way for you not to go to hell. I'd love to say that this young man received Jesus, but he did not. See, our job, folks, is to be willing to be made fun of, be made felt uncomfortable, disliked. But we need to see what God is doing and what God has done and just be able to tell others about Jesus. So there's two kinds of people here today. There, there are those that have given their lives to Jesus and recognized what Jesus has done for them and they've surrendered their lives to him. Those are called the chosen ones of God. They, they, they look to serve God, glorify God, Because they recognize who God is. They've given their lives to Him. They've asked forgiveness for their sins. Those are the believers. For those of us who are the believers, we have that responsibility to go tell others. You know that. You know that. Don't let the pigs get in the way. Okay? That's your challenge today. If anything, go home. Go home and do what you're called to do. Okay? Okay? Your home is every neighborhood you're in, every supermarket you're in. You know, even the Costco that doesn't have anything anymore on the walls because they've taken everything. Go, go, go home. Not yet. Wait. (laughs) I don't know if you're going to pick up an offering or anything. I don't want them to leave yet. But I bet in a room like this, there's someone here that's desperate, You know you've heard about Jesus. But you've held back from saying to Jesus, Jesus, here's my life. You've held back from saying to Jesus, Jesus, I trust you with everything. You're still trying to do it on your own. You're trying to do it by being good. And you'll never be right with God by being good. It's by grace that you are saved. It's a gift from God. It is not earned, it's given by lo- in his love to you. But it's up to you to say to him, forgive me for my sins, Lord. Come into my life and be my Savior, my Lord. If you're here and that's you today, I beg you, don't leave this place without surrendering your life to Jesus. And just asking Him to come into your life and to be the Lord of your life. To be the Savior of your soul. Because there's no one else that can save you except for Jesus Christ. There's no way to God the Father except through Jesus. So as we're here this morning... I feel like it's night with the lights down like this, you know. As we're here this morning. Right where you're at, I'm not going to make this long. Will each one of us just bow our heads and close our eyes? If you're the one that needs to give their life to Jesus this morning and in faith ask Jesus to forgive you for all your sins, past, present, future. If you want to have the hope, the hope that we believers have, the joy that comes from giving your life to Him even in the midst of circumstances, if you want every chain to be broken, if you want your desperation to be turned into joy, then what you need to do at this moment right now is just ask Jesus to be the King of your life, the Lord of your life, your Savior. If that's you, What I want you to do is understanding that the Lord is omnipresent. He is here. He is right next to you. Will you, right where you're at, will you whisper into his ear this prayer? We call it the sinner's prayer. It's the prayer that every sinner must pray at somehow in some way and just asking him to forgive us. Will you do that right now? Will you just in faith Will you say to Jesus, Jesus, if this is your need, if this is what God is calling you to do this morning, will you say this prayer? Say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Father, I need you to restore me to a right relationship with you, Lord. Save me, Lord. And will you tell him, as you whisper into his ear, will you tell him, Father, from this day forward, help me to live for you. Be the Lord of my life, the King of my life. Save me, Lord. Save me. If that was your prayer this morning, everyone's head is still bowed and everyone's eyes are still closed. If that was your prayer, if this is the first time that you've asked Christ to come into your life and to be the Lord of your life, will you raise your hand and let me know that that was your prayer this morning? That you made this prayer for the first time? Will you raise it up nice and high? I see your hand. I see your hand. Now, let me tell you, as you keep your hand up, I want you to just keep your hand up. I told you, this is is a personal relationship thing that happened, right? But it's something we proclaim to everyone. Will you stand right where you're at? I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but if you did this, will you stand right now? And will you stay standing while everybody around you sees that God has saved you today and brought hope into your life? And can we celebrate that? Can I tell you that he loves you and he will never let you go. You are his. And I know this church is going to continue to minister to you and guide you to walk with him the rest of your days. God bless you. God bless you greatly. Amen. God bless you.
0: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.